You're listening to Sound Opinions, and later in the show, we're going to share our favorite songs about mistakes. This seems to be somewhat timely, Jim, because in the last four years, the leader of our country seems to be (laughs) oblivious to the idea that such a thing as a mistake exists in his world anyway. Uh, But before we get to that uh, intense discussion, uh, we've got some new music from Steve Earle and Paul McCartney to review. That's a little bit of a long-tailed winter bird, a little finger-picking there by Mr. Paul McCartney yeah. on his latest solo record, McCartney 3. Oh, you made a mistake already. That is Sir Paul McCartney Sir, to Sir you, Paul. not yes. Mr. Um, this is his 18th solo album, a continuation of the series of solo albums that he made with the, uh, the self-titled moniker. Uh, McCartney in 1970, McCartney 2 came out in 1980, and now we have McCartney 3. They're basically McCartney, I mean, true solo records. McCartney playing all the instruments, all the vocals, uh, you know, kind of hiding out. This is the, uh, the COVID year, yeah. so why not uh, shelter in place and make a record? That's what uh, was on Paulie's mind at the time. You know, it's a bit of a, bit of a change for McCartney because on his uh, most recent records uh, prior to this one, he had been working with uh, a number of producers, people like Greg Kirsten and Ryan Tedder worked on the 2018 Egypt Station record. Before that, it was Mark Ronson. He had that collaboration with Kanye West and Rihanna. You know, one of the most streamed tracks of all time. Yeah. I just read. Looking for pop relevance, finding a little bit of it, and now he's got, gone back to his uh, farmhouse and, and and made a record on his own. So very very different sound, very different feel uh, to this record uh, in the tradition of McCartney and McCartney Two. Uh, McCartney Three. Here's a track from it called "Find My Way" on Sound Opinions. Well, I can find my way, I know my left from right Because we never close, I'm open day and night I know my way around, I walk towards the light I'm open round the clock, I don't get lost that night You never used to be afraid of days like these Sir Paul McCartney, Find My Way, a track from McCartney 3. Greg, I feel uh, the need to preface uh, the comments that'll follow with the fact that On My Skin, inked in forever, is Sir Paul's face from the cover of Revolver, okay? I love McCartney, including much of the solo stuff, including much of the wing stuff. I will defend uh, uh, McCartney. Um, But wow, you know... I mean, I don't know if outside of silly love songs, he's ever written a tune with a worse lyric than Seize the Day, where he tells us, it's still all right to be nice. (laughs) Did you know that, Greg? It's still all right to be nice. Oh, I think there's worse lyrics on this There (laughs) there are worse uh, lyrics. Uh, Women and Wives is exceedingly problematic. Hear me, women and wives. Hear me, husband and lovers. What we do with our lives seems to matter to others. 
Uh, I'm glad we played Find My Way. I think it's a really strong track, and Paul is at home, and he's thinking about mending the fence and farm stuff he does, okay? And I think that that opener, Long-Tailed Winter Bird, which is reprised uh, from a different angle at the very end of the album, Winter Bird, When Winter Comes, is beautiful. You know, I mean, that's Blackbird-level quality musicianship and introspective romantic Paul lyrics. But, you know, I mean, he, he, he has this template, which is now 40 years' worth of solo music as opposed to the Beatles, and you get something like Lavatory Lil, you know, which is such a toss-off. I mean, you know, I think Rocky Raccoon is a toss-off, much less the new character, Lavatory Lil. Look out for Lavatory Lil. Paul, I can't you do better. I love when this legend, probably second only to Bob Dylan among surviving musical treasures for what they have uh, given a century's worth of popular music. Um, I love when he's just relaxing and having fun. I have often praised the two uh, Fireman records that he made in the uh, electronica vein, you know, the rave house music psychedelic. I love Run Devil Run when he was playing his favorite 50s uh, rock and roll covers with an all-star band. When he's trying to be Paul the pop icon, he inevitably uh, gives us a moment or two that are great. There's there's three I just listed on this album, and the rest is like, I ain't ever going to reach for this record again. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually been um, a, a supportive of a lot of what McCartney's done in, in the 2000s, actually. I think he's had a pretty decent run. Um, you know, when most guys are running out of steam and doing greatest hit shows and great American songbook records, you know, uh, McCartney's largely done... Uh, his own material, uh, coming up with new material, and still sounding like he's engaged with it. This record is, as you said, very hit and miss. Um, I'm, I will differ with you on what is the worst lyric on the album. <laughs> you um, got more Because there's a bunch. Um, yeah. You know, and not that we look to McCartney for the profundity lyrically. I mean, he can write some really profound lyrics, but some sometimes you just see him writing a ditty. You know, it's just a great little melody, and it's a Paul song. That's a good way to put doesn't it. Doesn't have a he have is, a deep, deep uh, feeling about it. And deep, deep feeling is a really crappy song. The deep, deep pain of feeling. The deep, deep pain of feeling. The deep, deep pain. The deep, deep pain of feeling. The deep, deep pain. Yeah, deep, deep feeling. That is, a, that is eight minutes of temporary secretary from McCartney 2, which is, mm. I think, a candidate for the worst McCartney song of all time. Don't tell me it's a deep, deep feeling. Describe it. Do, do something with it. You yeah. know? Give Show, me some, don't tell. Give me some, some depth here, and he's just not going there beyond a description. Um, you know, to me, Laboratory Lil is in that tradition of, uh, you know, why don't we do it in the road? Another yeah. McCartney ditty yeah. that ended up on the White Album, okay? Um, it, it is the same sort of feel and just kind of a tossed-off song. And as you said, there's a couple of really great moments here. I think the long-tailed winter bird in its initial incarnation, really promising opening. I love that sound. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't really go anywhere with it. No, but then when no. he brings it back with winter bird when winter comes, I think that's just a beautiful moment in the record. It's, it's, it's that... You know, you can see Paul in his farmhouse looking out in this, uh, you know, winterscape and seeing the, you know, the barnyard uh, scenery around yeah. him, you know. Um, I, I get that. 
Must fix the fence by the acre plot Two young foxes have been nosing around The lambs and the chickens won't feel safe Until it's done That song, uh, Find My Way, speaks to the moment we're in. You never used to be afraid of days like these, but now you're overwhelmed by your anxieties. Yes, Paul, yeah, we are. everybody. He captured what everybody's feeling. So there's a, there's a sense here that Paul has written uh, some really good songs and some not so good songs. I think <laughs> what I, again, I think the big issue with McCartney has been follow through. Who in the studio can tell Paul, no, that's yeah, not good yeah. enough? Who he can is. tell him that? And now he's in by himself. Nobody can really say I mean, that he, to him. He has clearly always needed a collaborator. And I guess the problem is when you start out as a teenager with John Lennon, you're never going to yeah. find any other collaborator that could. It's kind of like you and me, Greg. <laughs> That's true. Well, you know, Lennon and McCartney, no. But, uh, you know, you're right. The, the collaborative as- atmosphere uh, is lacking. And he does need somebody to sort of keep him in check once in a while. That is a little bit of They Killed John Henry, a song written by Justin Towns Earl, performed by his dad, Steve Earl. Uh, Steve Earl has said he he uh, realized when his son wrote that song, hey, I've never written a song about uh, John Henry, the great mythical figure, and now Steve is playing it in tribute to J.T., This album, uh, Steve Earle's latest, is called JT because Justin was always just JT until he began a musical career that uh, eventually included eight albums and an EP over a 13-year period until his very untimely death last summer of a drug overdose. Steve Earle, his dad, famously uh, battled drug and alcohol addiction, came out the other side. I would say he's a musical treasure. I very much like the album he put out uh, last year. Goes to West Virginia, very good album. And now Steve, in isolation with the Dukes, has recorded this record uh, to pay tribute uh, to his son, Justin Towns Earle, died at the age of 38, alone in an apartment in Nashville of a drug overdose. A true tragic loss. What uh, what do we get? There are 11 tracks, 10 of them, uh, Justin Towns Earl songs that his dad is covering, and one of them, a new Steve Earl song in tribute to his son. Let's play Harlem River Blues. Uh, this is one of the Justin originals uh, by Steve Earl, and we'll come back and give our reviews on Sound Opinions. Time's coming, it
Memphis Harlem River Blues, Steve Earle paying tribute to his late son, Justin Towns Earle, on the JT album. Um, you know, Jim, this is the, um, the career retrospective, the greatest hits, quote-unquote, record that uh, Justin Towns never got to make. A good chunk of this record actually goes back to the very earliest uh, Justin Towns Earle records, which is interesting. A lot of people say, you know, he had his big breakthrough uh, three albums in. Uh, with that Harlem River Blues uh, song title track off that particular record. But uh, Steve goes all the way back with his son's music here, putting a new spotlight on it and saying, you know, listen to these songs. These are great, too. Uh, There's not a weak one in the bunch. I think the thing that surprised me the most about this record, uh, seeing that it was framed as a tribute to his late son, I can't imagine the pain of a father doing this, uh, was the upbeat nature of many of the tracks. You know, yeah. there, there's a jauntiness, dare I say, to to some of the tracks here. There's, you know, it, it's it's sort of the New Orleans funeral version of a of a eulogy. You know, I, you're, I'm, you're celebrating at the same time you're mourning. I'm still hearing Steve in uh, bluegrass mode uh, from that Ghosts of West Virginia and and the uh, Miners project last year. Yeah, he's he and he and he's really good at it here. And you know, the Harlem River Blue song has a has a great ending. It's basically a guy. Uh, you know, looking forward to the end of his life. He's basically saying, I'm going to go commit suicide. I'm going to go jump in the Harlem River and yeah. kill myself, and I'm going to free myself then. And at the end, there's sort of almost a gospel feel to it. But then he saves the last track for himself. It's the only song on the record that Steve actually wrote, and I think the only song he could bring to write about his son called Last Words. He doesn't want to sugarcoat his voice. It sounds like it's, no. it's ragged throughout this record. But then... On this last song, last words, very simple, very direct, uh, there's a tenderness in his voice, a vulnerability that you don't hear so much in the rest of the record, where he sort of lowers his guard and talks about, you know, the last words that he and his son said to one another. And they had a very fraught life, a lot of ups and downs. And it's like he's saying, you know, we, we were at peace with each other the last time we spoke, and he's glad for that moment in his life. Last thing I said was I love you Your last words to me were I love you too This is a really powerful record, Jim. Uh, I, I hope it brings people back uh, to Justin Towns Earl's work. Um, well, which, and is I, which I think is the whole yeah. point. It's know? a great, it's a great uh, catalog. I, I don't know if it will do that, Greg, because I think uh, JT, Justin Towns, uh, had both the blessing and the curse of a very famous and much-loved cult figure father yeah. in that uh, everybody who knows Steve Earle uh, at some point investigated who Justin Towns Earle was, and then he had a, a, a small but dedicated following of his own I don't know if Steve helps shine the spotlight on these songs as much as if we'd had uh, a dozen of the greatest alt-country roots artists today uh, covering uh, those songs. Mm. Um, You know, it's interesting to me uh, that Steve Earle uh, avoids Mama's Eyes, one of uh, Towns' best songs, (laughs) uh, which uh, begins, I am my father's son, I've never known when to shut up. Um, Apparently that last conversation that you referenced, uh, Steve was begging uh, JT to uh, uh, go clean, and and he didn't make it. Mm-hmm. And it was that very day Steve told the New York Times that uh, that Justin Towns Earl died. Um, great songs. Steve Earl's a great musician. 
Frankly, though, I would prefer to take this playlist of the JT songs and put in another 10 and just listen to Justin Towns Earl himself. So I don't know. It, it's a nice gesture, mm-hmm. but it's not an essential Steve Earl album to me. Anyway, that is what we think of Steve Earle and Paul McCartney's latest efforts, and now it's your turn. Tell us what you think on Facebook or Twitter, or record a message at soundopinions.org, or email us a voice memo to interact at soundopinions.org. But we do have this this nifty new widget on our website where you can record right there, soundopinions.org. After a break, Greg and I share our favorite songs about mistakes and regrets. That's coming up on Sound Opinions. I am a father's son. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim DeRogatis, and there are a lot of people thinking about mistakes right now for all kinds of reasons. Uh, And this is a topic that's been deeply considered by musicians over the years. You know, uh, everybody, every guy who's had a few drinks, you know, and Sinatra comes on the jukebox and, you know, regrets I've had a few, you know, I did it my way, you know. It's it's one of those constant themes in in music. And many other female artists who've regretted getting into a relationship with a toxic man. Not just relationships, but just, you know, life in general. You know, you live through it kind of figuring out how you got through it and, and... you know, you wake up at three in the morning and you're thinking about something you did 20 years ago and you go, man, I screwed up. I really screwed up back then. You know, people live with those mistakes their, their whole life in a, lot, in a lot of ways. You know, you never, you never quite get past them, I don't think. You know? <laughs> well, you know, I, I always try to adopt that Zen kind of attitude of be here now. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, don't look back. <laughs> part, of, part of that is that, so let's just move on, and I get that philosophy, but at the same time, you've got to learn from your past. And you that, do I have think to learn. one of the problem of human history is that we don't really learn from our past. Well, anyway. you and I are both big history fans, and yes, there is a lot of not learning from history right now. When I was choosing mine, Greg, I know I get to lead us off, uh, I was trying to be not so obvious, uh, not necessarily have mistake in the title or a chorus, uh, but to epitomize a uh, a great song about that feeling of regret and having made a mistake and a wrong turn in life. Maybe right now I'm going to make the wrong turn, but I can't stop myself from making it. One of the first songs that came to mind uh, in the non-obvious way was the Rolling Stones' Angie. Great single from Goat's Head Soup in 1973. I have always loved this song. You know, Angie, when will those dark clouds disappear? Where will it lead us from here? You know, it is Jagger uh, singing his heart out, uh, one of his best vocal performances, I believe, on a song that Richards wrote, Mm -hmm. Keith Richards. And I'd always thought it was about a fling that uh, uh, Mick Jagger had with Angela Bowie, David Bowie's wife. Uh, But no, uh, Richards uh, finally cleared it up only recently, last couple of years, uh, talking about... uh, his memoir, Life in 2010, about how it was it was named after his daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was kind of thinking about uh, about the breakup with uh, Jagger's breakup with Marianne Faithful. Okay, it is clearly one of those doomed relationships. Uh, you can't imagine continuing with it, but you can't imagine how you will possibly live without it. All those nights we cried, the dreams we held close, they're all going up in smoke. And yet, uh, it's time we said goodbye is how it ends, you know. There's no two ways about it. This is done. Uh, one of my favorite all-time Rolling Stones songs, Angie. I, Angie. I, 
by the Rolling Stones. Wouldn't necessarily right away think about it as a mistake song, but of course it is. It is. Uh, and, and I think that's going to be a theme for a lot of the songs we're going to play today, Jim, including the one I'm going to play, uh, Tyrone Davis's Turn Back the Hands of Time, the title track from his 1970 album. By the way, if you're looking for one of the great soul albums of all time, Tyrone Davis's Turn Back the Hands of Time mm. album is a great place to start. Um, Chicago soul singer. He made this when he was in his 30s. And what I love about a lot of soul albums and re- recordings made during this period, it seemed a lot of these, uh, you, you felt like you were listening to an adult singing, you know, like yeah. Jerry Butler, Johnny Taylor, Tyrone Davis. These guys wrote a lot of songs about hard-won wisdom. Yeah. I got beat up. I made a big mistake. I'd tr- I'm trying to learn from it. Yeah. But it's too late for me. Maybe it won't be too late for you. That's essentially right. that's a good, the message that they're saying here. That's a good way to look at it. You know, he's in this song. He's losing sleep. He's he's in pain. He's lonely. He just realizes now, when it's too late, that he walked out on the best thing in his life. You know, and he says, "I wish I could turn back the hands of time and you know do it all over again with this woman that I love." And it's too late now to ever get it back. And it's a simple sentiment, but it's so powerfully delivered and so sincerely delivered. He doesn't get into histrionics. It's not about oversinging. It's about, as I said, this sort of hard-won wisdom coming from a voice of experience. Tyrone Davis, Turn Back the Hands of Time on Sound Opinions. Oh, darling, I'm so lonely without today on a four-leaf clover and leave it would be the last thing on my mind if I could turn back the hands of time. That is Tyrone Davis with Turn Back the Hands of Time. 
You know? Yeah, that's a good one, Greg. Man, it's a classic. I love that song. Jim, what do you got next for us? Uh, you know, when we are thinking about these list uh, shows, I uh, try to keep my antenna way up and see what crosses, uh, what pings the radar that yeah. I wasn't necessarily thinking about. And so the other night on TV, on PBS, was one of those documentaries uh, about a band I love. Uh, and, you know, the documentary during Pledge Drive is 25 minutes of documentary and then 35 minutes of You Too Can Be a Member. <laughs> but, you know, I caught this part, and I hadn't realized where uh, this song fell in the history of ABBA. I was burying the lead. ABBA, I love ABBA. <laughs> we did a show on ABBA. Mm -hmm. Gotta love ABBA. S.O.S. is the song that revitalized their career. Now, I have played Waterloo on the show as a Napoleonic history buff. I love Waterloo. And, of course, Waterloo was a big mistake. But, um, you know... That was the song that made them worldwide superstars uh, on the Eurovision contest. And then, like every other Eurovision artist, they were going to disappear, right? It was one-hit wonders were produced by that show. Um, and in fact, the second single they put out went nowhere, and ABBA seemed destined for the dustbin of history until the third single, after a considerable break, SOS comes out, and that becomes another hit, and then the rest is history, one of the biggest pop bands of all time. You know, SOS is one of those great Agnita uh, uh, regret songs. This is before the divorces of the mm. two couples, right? Long before. Uh, they're on their way up, uh, not on their way down. Uh, but uh, where are those happy days? They seem so hard to find. I try to reach for you, but you've closed your mind. Uh, and, uh, you know, that, of course, is prompting Agnita to put out the call. SOS, help, <laughs> help. You know, when you're gone, how can I even try to carry on? A relationship song uh, where it's going down the tubes, and I know that this was a mistake, but right now I can't imagine not continuing to make the mistake, and ain't that a lot of life. Uh, you know, I was surprised as I dug into this, first about the history. It's the song that revitalized and really made ABBA, but also the afterlife. I can't think of any other group that uh, ever put out a song that could be covered by John Frusciante. Mm. the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Portishead, as well yeah. as Peter Cetera mm. and Cher, <laughs> right? I mean, think about that. And then I went and made the playlist of all those different covers, and damn, that's mm. great. Anyway, uh, a day with ABBA is a day with sunshine. S.O.S.
when you're gone, how can I even try to carry on? <laughs> SOS by ABBA. Can't have enough ABBA on, the, on Sound Opinions, that's never, for sure. Never, never. Uh, Tame Impala. We've had uh, Kevin Parker of Tame Impala on the show uh, before, and uh, he wrote a song called uh, New Person, Same Old Mistakes on his 2015 album Currents. And I love that version, but I love the one by Rihanna even better. Uh, mm. Same old mistakes from her 2016 album, Anti. And I think what Rihanna was relating to, because Anti was a very controversial album for her. It was not considered like a major hit record. It didn't have a ton of gigantic hits after a run of giant hits. But it was a very personal statement by her. She had a hand writing all the songs in the record and um, made a, a deeper more introspective record than she'd ever done before. Yeah. And I, I love Rihanna and all her incarnations, but here was a, a radical move for a major pop artist. And she related to what Parker was talking about in this song because Parker himself changed direction as well. Yeah. Uh, he went from really kind of guitar-heavy, you know, you could call it sort of acid rock, orc pop, whatever you want to call it. A true band effort. And, and, and into more of an electronic kind yeah. of mode on this record. And he's basically saying, you know, I can just hear them now. How could you let us down? That's a line on this song. It's basically yeah. like the, the critics are going to be out there, the, my friends, my manager, my record company, all the people who loved my music before are going to tell me you made a big mistake, Kevin. Yeah. And what this song is basically saying, I'm going to own that mistake because I'm a new person now, uh, essentially. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm allowed to be that. And I think Rihanna really related to that sentiment because she was getting criticism not only for maybe going in a less commercial direction, but things like the ups and downs with the Chris Brown relationship. Yeah, you know, yeah. whatever you think about Chris Brown, a lot of people were judging Rihanna, too, yeah. as, as part of that whole thing. Well, and to be under the microscope like that is just, just hellish. And this was her way of sort of responding to that sort of feeling that she was constantly on display and constantly being told to live up to other people's expectations. And she's saying, you know, I'm going to own everything I do. I'm doing it because I want to, not because you're telling me to do it. This is Rihanna's cover of Same Old Mistakes, a Tame Impala song on Sound Opinions. Mistakes, Rihanna on Sound Opinions. If you've got a song about mistakes that everyone should hear, tell us about it. 
Record a message on our website, soundopinions.org, or email a voice memo to interact at soundopinions.org. Coming up, music writer Brandon Owsley shares his favorite song about a mistake with us. That's In a Minute on Sound Opinions. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott. And today we are sharing our favorite songs about mistakes, regrets, screw-ups. As our listeners know, Greg and I don't know everything, so we love hearing from colleagues and hearing their take on a theme. Let us welcome our guest today, music writer Brandon Owsley. Thank you for having me, guys. How are you? Brandon, we thought we'd reach out to you to get a pick. Uh, What have you got in mind for us? Well, I was looking for uh, songs about mistakes, and I came across a song by Eugene McDaniels titled The Parasite for Buffy from his 1971 album, Headless Heroes of the Apocalypse. (laughs) Um, Great song title, great album title. (laughs) I mean, pretty ahead of his time, especially for uh, someone of his form, Eugene McDaniels, is one of the great unsung singer-songwriters of the 20th century. Uh, He started his career much in the vein of an R&B pop with a distinctive jazz-inflicted voice. But uh, by the 1970s, veered more into the socially conscious material, and he famously penned uh, Compared to What for Roberta Flack for her debut album, Mm. uh, First Take. But uh, by the time he released Headless Heroes of the Apocalypse, uh, I mean, he went into an an entirely different direction. Uh, It's a heady, fusion-based juggernaut of jazz, uh, soul, funk, and there's even a few folk influences. The album's final track, uh, The Parasite for Buffy, basically an indictment on the uh, European colonization of indigenous peoples. Yeah, you talk about your world historical mistakes, yeah. Brandon. I can't think of any of the tops no. of the list uh, higher no, than that. No, it, I mean, it's it's just really a, a, an unflinching and damning message. Uh, I mean, uh, and and very uh, ahead of its time. It's it's worth noting very quickly that the Buffy uh, that's, that's referred in the full title of the song was his tribute to singer-songwriter Buffy St. Marie who was an indigenous Mm -hmm. uh, Canadian songwriter. She was somehow blacklisted in the United States uh, for the political nature of her songs. And I think later on, uh, Eugene McDaniels, he would later meet a similar fate. Mm -hmm. The Nixon administration, I think they had a hand in blacklisting him and this album. He made the enemies list, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Jim and I were just talking about this whole idea that one of you know history repeats its mistakes, right? We we never learn from them. This is a classic example of that. There's something about how he writes these lyrics that, I mean, it, it's still so amazing how much things haven't changed. Yeah. Here is the parasite for Buffy by Eugene McDaniels on Sound Opinions. With a smile on the face They said we're your brothers From a faraway place The Indians greeted them With wide open arms
Parasite by Eugene McDaniels on Sound Opinions. A great song, great mistake song, and uh, that was a great description of his uh, brilliance, Brandon. Thanks for coming on Sound Opinions. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. Thanks to Brandon Owsley for that pick. Uh, Jim, you've got another one for us. I do, Greg. I, you know, I think sometimes people typecast us uh, in our roles. You know, you're the soul guy. I'm the punk guy. That would be a mistake. <laughs> there are there are levels and levels to our, our musical fandom. And I don't know if you know this, but I am kind of a Quiet Storm fan, <laughs> right? Really uh, gentle soul R&B at times, the right stuff. Big Luther Vandross fan <laughs> I was. And this song uh, that I'm going to play next, I've Always Loved. James Ingram doing the vocal on Just Once. Now, Just Once was a 1981 single from Quincy Jones's record, The Dude, which the rest of it I do not have much use for, okay? But the story goes that James Ingram made a $50 demo <laughs> of a song written by Barry Mann and Cynthia Weil. Guess on Sound Opinions. Yes. Boy, that was one of my favorite interviews ever. We will steer you on our website to that one in the archives. You know, great songwriters from the Brill Building. This is a great song. And he had an amazing voice that he poured heart and soul into it, you know, as Quincy did the arrangements, and it came out on a Quincy record. Ingram tragically died at 66 years old of brain cancer in 2019, and this really was the song he was remembered for. I love the lyric, so, you know, Ingram drives it home, but it came from man and while. I did my best but I guess my best wasn't good enough. <laughs> I have really felt that from time to time. You know, I, I don't know if there's a better line in all of pop music history about uh, just feeling like you're falling short chronically. Anyway, James Ingram's version of Just Once on Sound Opinions. I did my best, but I guess my best wasn't good enough Cause here we are back where we were before Seems nothing ever changes We're back to being strangers Wondering if we ought to stay Or head on out the door Just once Can we figure out what we keep doing wrong Why we never last for very long are we doing wrong? James Ingram uh, doing the vocal on Quincy Jones's version of Just Once. It was a single. Everybody calls it I Did My Best, and that's what it should have been called. I think it was a mistake to call it Just Once. All right, quiet song connoisseur Jim DeRogatis chimes in on uh, you know now you're rewriting song titles from that era, so I'm 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 really proud of you. I you know if I ever <laughs> need another career, uh, I could perhaps be a quiet storm producer. Well, there you go. Um, I am going to go the uh, 180 degrees opposite from the quiet storm era <laughs> and uh, talk a little bit about Husker Du. Everybody who listens to this show knows that we love Husker Du. We love that era. We love that band in particular. I wanted to highlight a track from their New Day Rising album, which, by the way, I think consider their finest recording. That's the uh, one? 1985. That's, the one you would... That's my Hooster hmm. Du record. I like the rawness combined with the melodies yeah. on, on New Day Rising, and I apologize. I think it's an example of that Bob Mould song. Two words that are really tough to say. Yeah. I apologize. Without them, there's a silence in the room. Uh, we've all been there. 
you know, two people digging in their heels, refusing to acknowledge a mistake they may or may not have made. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't even matter if you think you made the mistake or not. It's just the gesture of acknowledging that you may have had some part in the way this person is feeling about what you're, how you're behaving. This is a kind of almost a simple song. You go, well, why is he highlighting that? There was always a verse in this song that got to me. It really stuck with me. So now we sit around, we're staring at the walls, we don't do anything at all. Take out the garbage maybe, but the dishes don't get done. Mm. And it's just like kind of, okay, <laughs> that's kind of a little everyday kind of thing, but that's exactly the point. Like everything comes to a sort of a standstill when you're both sitting there digging your heels in and not, yeah. not willing to acknowledge that, you know, one of you's got to say, I apologize. Yeah. You know, somebody's got to step up. To move forward. And I think Bob is basically telling us, hey, you know, this, you know, we talk about the adult wisdom of uh, Tyrone Davis. Uh, Uncle Bob is telling us the same kind of thing here. At, you know, when he was in a fairly young stage of his life. Who's going to do with I apologize on sound opinion? All these crazy Mr. Flies are floating all around. Making these assumptions bring to me down. When you get tight-lipped, how do I know what you think? Is this something I said when I lost my mind? My temper to makes me blind. I apologize. Husker Du, I apologize. A great <laughs> mistake pick from Greg. I got one more song uh, from the same era, Greg. I can remember walking into Pier Platters in Hoboken uh, on my weekly run to see what else could match R.E.M. or Soft Boys and seeing this interesting record and uh, hearing it playing in the store. The debut album by the Violent Femmes, 1983, okay? Um, a band that uh, I know you love, too, having gone to college in Milwaukee. You know, uh, this trio starts out on acoustic instruments, busking <laughs> on the streets. Uh, Gordon Gano, a great songwriter, that wonderful acoustic bass and just the snare drum. Uh, you know, and that it, it never really got better than that debut album. There are plenty of other great moments sprinkled over the long career of Violent and Femmes, I think 10 studio albums uh, uh, or something like that. But man, that debut album was perfect. Yeah. And, you know, Added Up is a song that is, is uh, you know, most known, I think, for sexual frustration uh, and some nasty words. But I think uh, Gordon Gano, he said he wrote this about, uh, you know, feeling frustrated in not being able to express his feelings to an object of his affections and and find the fulfillment shall we say <laughs> that uh, that he sought as a randy young man wondering why can't i get just one kiss why can't i get anything more and then he kind of answers it later in the song realizing maybe it's because i'm going about this the wrong way maybe it's because i am making mistakes i 
I know you've had problems. You're not the only one. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I've been blaming you, but actually it's me. I'm uh, screwing up. And so that's the day in my sight when I'll take a bow and say goodnight. You know, young Gordon mm-hmm. realizing I've been ranting and raving about my, uh, my lack of finding love, uh, and maybe it's on me. Violent Femmes, add it up on Sound Opinion. Violent Femmes added up. Greg, I think uh, Legion are the uh, frustrated males who ought to ask themselves if the problem is them. (laughs) You know? Yeah, there you go. I I hear you on that one. Uh, My last pick, Jim, is going to be from an artist uh, named Tricky, uh, who, uh, to me, had a great 90s run, uh, Max and Kay. Kind of defined that um, that debut album defined the Bristol sound, the, the you know the trip hop sound that uh, Portishead and uh, other bands of that ilk, Massive Attack, uh, also championed. Uh, Tricky was the most sinister sounding of all those artists, and um, I love the atmosphere of those records. He came back in 2008 with a great record um, that I didn't think got the attention it deserved. It was very much in the Max and K mold where he almost felt like these ghosts were walking around in the studio yeah. and, and, and Tricky was singing or mumbling about them more appropriately with these kind of thick atmospheric tracks. That's not the first time you and I have thought other critics made a mistake <laughs> by overlooking a record we loved. Exactly. So the record you should seek out, Noel West Boy from 2008, is very, very good. And there's a track on it called Past Mistake, uh, which, uh, you know, front and center is a woman named Lubna. She's a singer of French-Moroccan descent, and there's sort of a, a, almost an Arabic vibe about yeah. the vocals on this track. And she's singing about a, a past mistake. You know, she's saying, I know I paid, that's why I'm alone today, just me, myself, no mental health. And Turkey is sort of shadowing her vocal at the time. Now, what's fascinating about this is Lubna and Tricky were going out at the time that this track was recorded, and she's singing about a past mistake. Mm. And Tricky, you know, in an interview post-album, they had broken up by that point. Said, I just realized <laughs> later on, me. she was singing about me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I didn't know it. She saw the past mistake, even though she was still in the relationship at yeah. the time. She already saw that this was going nowhere. And, you know, this whole idea about no mental health, like this was driving her, you know, she was already seeing the end of the road and realizing that she had made a mistake and trying to keep the relationship together but realizing it was a failed cause and as Tricky said uh, then you check out the lyrics and you find out there's no hope there 
Yeah. You know, she came to the realization before he. Did. He might have been making a mistake by not paying <laughs> a little more attention ah, to the signs. Exactly, you know? exactly, it was right there in front of you. She's singing right next to you, right? Mm. Past mistake from Tricky and Lubna on Sound Opinions. Just wasn't Mistake by Tricky Lubna on vocals there. Uh, wrapping up our mistake show, at least this time. We could probably do this one much more often, Greg, and include our own mistakes. But what do we have on the show next week? Well, you may have heard of Taylor Swift, Jim, uh, and our listeners have too, I'm a, uh, I, I believe. But uh, she had an amazing 2020, and we're going to dig deep into why that was. For more sound opinions, listen to our podcast wherever you find such things. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this program belong solely to Sound Opinions and not necessarily to Columbia College Chicago or our sponsors. And speaking of sponsors, every week our show reaches hundreds of thousands of curious listeners from around the globe via podcast and on 150 public radio stations nationwide. If you'd like to learn more on how your business or organization can also reach this engaged and educated audience, you can email sponsor at soundopinions.org. That's sponsor at soundopinions.org. Thanks, as always, to our Patreon supporters. Sound Opinions was produced by Andrew Gill and Alex Claiborne.